It is Friday, December 27th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 17 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schauff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On Draft Sharks, you can read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. I will add some showdown notes over the weekend for the Sunday night game. And on Draft Sharks, you can also check out the free post for this podcast come Saturday morning. You can see who Jared and I are playing against each other in the final round of the Shark Duel. And Jared, Russell Wilson shockingly stunk for me last week. Darius Slayton hurt a knee. They crushed my lineup, and then you hit it with three guys over 29 points for an easy victory. Yeah, Tyler Boyd was a key for me, and then, yeah, Lamar Jackson over Russell Wilson. I mean, I, I, it was it was a floor game for Wilson, but I, I remember saying on this pod when you mentioned Russell Wilson as a cash play, I, just, I don't think Wilson has been a cash play all season. He has just shown us this type of floor on too many occasions because the Seahawks are just too stubborn with how much they want to run the ball. You did say on the show last week when I mentioned Russell Wilson, you said I would rather just go up to Lamar Jackson, and then you did, and then he like tripled Russell Wilson's point total. It was, I mean, if we did it again this week, I would still project at least double the fantasy points that Wilson scored last week, but I don't know. I guess lesson learned? I don't know. No, yeah, again, it it was a floor game, but... You know, that floor is there that, you know, 11 point floor is there for Wilson where Lamar Jackson, you know, his floor is basically 20 points. That's fair. Uh, Although it was like a 50 percent completion rate for Russell Wilson last week. But I'll move on. I I don't I don't I don't totally regret any of those decisions. I still feel like Russell Wilson should have been a good play against Arizona. Uh, He Slayton, Joe Mixon all let me down. Upside was there. Mixon and Slayton's teams, at least, delivered huge points. And I think if Mixon had been healthy and Darius Slayton had stayed in the game, they would have given more than they did. Yes, I I agree. I think those plays were fine. (laughs) Well, thank you. We'll both be back at it one more time in Week 17. You'll be able to see who we're playing against each other in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com come Saturday morning. For now, Jared, please hit us with a cash QB that makes more sense than my pick. <laughs> yeah, I, to me, it's pretty clearly Ryan Tannehill this week on FanDuel, $7,900. Um, you know, on a week where we have to worry about motivation for teams and who's going to be resting starters, we don't have to worry about that with the Titans. They need to win this game to lock up a playoff spot. Um, the Texans, on the other hand, have nothing to gain if the Chiefs win in the early time slot so the Texans might be resting starters that only helps Ryan Tannehill even if the Texans are playing their guys though it's been a bad pass defense all season um, Houston's 28th in Fando points allowed to quarterbacks 25th in football outsiders pass defense DVOA Tannehill scored 25.2 Fando points against Houston just two weeks ago yep I think the only possible argument against Tannehill is that you know they go to Derrick Henry a ton and he just doesn't throw the ball that much but I don't think that's really a strong argument against him at all so I I agree with that I think Jared Goff is in play as well at the same price you know had a stealing game against the Cardinals last time in a game where they were clearly looking to defeat the Cardinals with the pass he had 
he was over 300 yards by halftime of that game. They were pass heavy even in the first two quarters of that game. So I think both of those guys make sense. I think they're both safer than Matt Ryan, who looks like a solid option as well in a solid matchup. The Bucks defense, though, is up to sixth in overall defensive DVOA on football outsiders and in that same range in weighted defense lately. Yeah, yeah, the Bucks, Bucks D has looked better as you talked about a few weeks ago. I still think it's not a matchup to stay away from, but yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd much rather play Ryan Tannehill for you know a few hundred bucks more than Matt Ryan. Yeah, I agree. Even just one hundred bucks more. Uh, yeah. Turning side is your QB. I think going up to Patrick Mahomes is interesting. Um, Eighty six hundred bucks. I, I just feel like he's trending in the right direction. You know, towards one of those you know massive Mahomes games. I think he's as healthy as he's been in a while here. Um, you know, Mahomes has 23.7 and then 24 or 25.4 Fando points in his last two games. And those have come against Denver and Chicago, who are both top 10 in Fando points allowed to quarterbacks. The Chargers, who Mahomes gets, Mahomes gets this week, are sixth in Fando points allowed, but they're also 21st in football outsiders' past defense rankings. The Chargers have nothing to play for. Chiefs do still have a shot at a first round bye, so you know they they should be going all out in this game. I think you know there's always a chance Mahomes gives you gives you one of those. 400 yard four touchdown games yep i can't argue with that i would probably lean away from it myself just because i think that there's reason for them to lean more run and protect mahomes a little bit and i mean it, it should be a mismatch with the chargers the way that they're playing right now but you know i can never say no patrick mahomes doesn't present ceiling so i'm not going to argue against that I like Jared Goff here as well for the upside that he showed in that last one, 424 yards, despite missing the fourth quarter in that first matchup with the Cardinals. Also, I'm going to be looking at ownership here to kind of help sort through the quarterbacks in the 7K range, because there are a lot of guys really close together that I can see either ceiling or floor on. Andy Dalton's one other that I want to throw out at 6,900 in a week where I want to save money to be able to fit in as many expensive running backs as I can. I think he's an option. It, it looked heading into last week like Andy Dalton didn't really provide us the ceiling, and then he showed us the ceiling against Miami. So we know it's there. Now he gets the Browns back home. The Browns are down to 25th in weighted DVOA on defense. That's according to Football Outsiders. So it means that they're playing worse lately on defense. And really, the team's just crumbling in general. It doesn't seem like they're playing for their coach. doesn't seem like anybody likes the quarterback. doesn't seem like anybody really wants to be there. I think there's a chance that we just see an awful Browns team this week and the Bengals score some points against them. And I think there's some interesting stacking options with Dalton. Tyler Boyd's going to be highly owned. So, you know, you could consider going away from him with John Ross, Joe Mixon. Uh, I think Joe Mixon's one of the few running backs that makes sense as a potential stacking option with this quarterback because he should be pretty well involved in the passing game, even though they, they haven't done that as much as we would like them to. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on Dalton. Um, it's a nice price on him. I even think he is an option for cash games. If you know if you can do something you like with the $1,000 savings going down from Tannehill to Dalton, I think Dalton will be okay for you. Yeah, I agree. Running back, what do you like for cash? Um, so Aaron Jones at 8000 bucks, and this is assuming Jamal Williams is out. Williams didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday. I, I'm sort of assuming he's going to be out. We'll see. If he is, you know, I think Aaron Jones, that locks him into the feature role that you know we all want him to be in, and he's not with Jamal Williams active. But in the one game Jones played without Williams this season, Jones played 67% of the offensive snaps, 19 carries, 8 targets. It was that four-touchdown game against the Cowboys. He had 182 total yards, so obviously showed us the upside he has when he does get that workhorse role. He's playing the Lions this Sunday, Detroit's 30th in FanDuel points allowed to running backs. The Packers 
12 and a half point favorites in this one with a 28 point implied total. So everything's sort of pointing in Jones direction. Again, I, I wouldn't use him in cash if Williams ends up playing, but if Williams is out, I think Jones for 8,000 bucks makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I have no argument with that. And he comes in $700 cheaper than Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Joe Mixon is another $700 cheaper than Aaron Jones. You know, we mentioned it on the DraftKings pod, but the, the stomach bug was likely what was wrong with him last week against Miami when everything else was working points-wise for Cincinnati in the game. And even while disappointing in that overtime loss to the Dolphins last week, Mixon still topped 20 carries for his third straight game. He was a late fade in, in uh, DFS because of both the stomach bug report and the ownership projection. He was projected to be the highest owned running back last week. Now his salary is down 500 bucks, and he let folks down last week. So I think that should help the own rate this time around. Joe Mixon costs less this week than Miles Sanders and Leonard Fournette, among others, on FanDuel. And he faces a Browns defense that's 29th in run defense DVOA and playing worse overall lately, as I mentioned. So Joe Mixon, I think, has about as much ceiling as anybody, you know, short of like Zeke Elliott and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and Mixon is my tournament running back for all those reasons you mentioned. Um, You know, Cleveland has especially struggled against the run lately, giving up 5.1 yards per carry over the past five weeks. That includes a game against Mixon. Mixon had a big one, um, 26.1 fan to a points against Cleveland. And, you know, again, with the disappointing week 16, I do think uh, the ownership should be down on Mixon this week. Yeah, I like Damian Williams here and everywhere. 6400 bucks on FanDuel. The work was there when he returned from injury last week. 16 carries, three targets. You know, you mentioned the Chiefs having something to play for this week. The Patriots play at the same time, so they're not likely to know, you know, before at least late in their game, whether they have a shot still at the first round bye, which is more important even than playing for the third or fourth seed. So, you know, first round bye is still a possibility for them. Damian Williams is second in our FanDuel dollars per point projections this week, and he's behind only on Johnson. And the only reason that on Johnson's ahead of him is because Johnson is at a minimum salary, 4,500 bucks. I'm, I'm not touching on Johnson in a lineup in any format on here. Damian Williams, though, love the scoring upside against the Chargers who have given up plenty to running backs in two, including two running back rushing scores in the first meeting with the Chiefs. I think the touches and the upside are gorgeous on Damian Williams this week. Yeah, I like Damian Williams, but I did want to mention on Johnson. He is a guy I'm going to consider at minimum price. I mean, 4500 bucks. You can do a lot with the rest of your lineup using on Johnson. In his return last week, he only played 32% of Detroit's offensive snaps. 10 carries, one target. But for 4500 bucks, even if he, he stays in that range of usage, you know, 10 carries, a target, I think he's okay. But I think there's a chance, too, that in his second game back, he, he his you know volume climbs a bit. Matchup's good, too, against the Packers, who are 24th in FanDuel points allowed to running backs. So I'm, I'm at least going to play around with Johnson in some lineups and see what it allows me to do at the other spots. I don't think that they have any reason to really ramp up his carries. I mean, Matt Patricia said last week that they were going to be quote unquote smart with him. I feel, I think that's the way to go in this finale as well. Yeah. I mean, they don't have any reason to up his work. I didn't think they had any reason to bring him back in the first place. So I'm not really sure what they're thinking, but yeah, even if he stays in the range he was in last week, I think, you know, for, for that price tag, he's, he's fine. I'd rather take a shot on Mike Boone at 6,200 Deandre Washington at 63. Yeah, but I mean, you're talking almost $2,000 difference. It's not It's not like a small difference in salary between those guys. Yeah, I'm also talking about guys in uh, offenses that are decent. Yeah. No, yeah, that's that's completely fair. I just think the the salary makes him worth considering. All right, all right. I guess we'll see what, what comes of him. At wide receiver, what are you playing for cash? 
Um, Keenan Allen for me in cash, 6,700 bucks, just totally mispriced for the volume he's been getting really all season. Allen's sixth among all wide receivers with 140 targets on the season. He has double digit targets in six of his last nine games. Now he's caught five plus passes in six straight games. Um, And you might be scared of this matchup against the chiefs. When you see that Kansas city has allowed the second fewest FanDuel points to wide receivers, but the chiefs have have actually been a neutral matchup for slot receivers. Um, They've allowed the 15th most fantasy points to receivers lined up in the slot. And Allen has run 52% of his routes from the slot this year. So I think it's actually a neutral matchup for him. I ain't scared of nothing except for ranking Drew Brees. (laughs) <laughs> on the cash side for me at wide receiver, this is where I want to save my money. And it's Jameson Crowder at 5200 bucks. Over his past four games, he's seen 9, 7, 11, and 8 targets. So the volume has been fine lately. The matchup here against the Bills is fine for him, regardless of whether or how long Tredavious White plays. Because he'll be outside. Crowder will be inside. The upside will obviously grow if Buffalo does rest starters as we expect them to at some point in the game. And even with a full... Bill's defense playing in week one, that was the game in which Crowder saw 17 targets, caught 14 for 99 yards. I don't think we're going to see something like that again, but they clearly went into that game planning to go to Crowder. And I think if we do get Bill's starters, there's reason for the Jets to do something similar here. And if we don't get Bill's starters, it's going to be an easier game for everybody on the Jets offense. And again, the salary at 5,200 is the biggest selling point because it helps me fit those expensive running backs. Yeah, definitely a nice price for Crowder there. Can't argue against him as a cash play. Turn side, what you got? Tournament side, pay up for Devontae Adams, 8400 bucks. So he's only 100 bucks cheaper than Julio Jones. You have Michael Thomas up there at 9200 So I do, I'm hoping at least that sort of keeps people off Devontae Adams, um, who really has been super productive since coming back from that toe injury. He's averaged 11 targets per game, 7.3 catches, 75 yards since returning in Week 9. Um, he's sixth among all wide receivers in FanDuel points over that span. And I, I like this spot for Adams in the Packers passing game um, in Detroit. So, you know, in the dome, don't got to worry about weather. I mean, the Lions are 27th in FanDuel points allowed to wide receivers. They're 30th in our adjusted fantasy points allowed. Yep. I have the same guy for all the same reasons. And this is how I'll buy into the Green Bay matchup. Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, without having to take a shot on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, The target floor is as high as anyone's, as you mentioned, and the matchup is great. So whether you like Aaron Rodgers or not, I think Devontae Adams at 8,400 is somebody to try to fit. Right. I mean, we, we've seen Adams, you know, look to Monday night. Adams has a big game without Rodgers having a big game. So even if you don't believe in Rodgers, Adams can still get it done. And last year against the Lions, he had nine for 140 and a touchdown. So sure. at tight end for cash, are you playing? I'm going to try to get to Tyler Higby for 6,900 bucks. Man, I don't think much needs to be said here. He's hot with four straight 100-yard games, and he gets the Cardinals' league worst tight end defense. I do also think Austin Hooper for $900 less, you know, down at 6,000 is definitely worth considering. I think the the savings there, um, you know, despite I think you know, Higby being a better bet, I think the savings on Hooper make him a, a fine option. Yeah, Austin Hooper at 6,000 is going to be my starting point. Missed the first meeting with the Bucks, but last week he had nine targets, seven catches for 82 yards against Jacksonville. Bucks are a positive scoring matchup for the position. They have not been so lately, but through the first 10 games of the season, they allowed seven touchdowns to tight ends. And Hooper should be a, a focal point for the Falcons who don't have Calvin Ridley, who have a less than 100% Julio Jones. Like Devontae Adams, I think 
Austin Hooper is a way to buy into Matt Ryan's upside matchup here without having to go to Matt Ryan when you have similar options at quarterback with better floors. And it'll take some lineup fiddling, but I think that the $900 difference between Higby and Austin Hooper is probably going to give me a better combo, you know, tight end to wide receiver to running back than I will find with Higby and others. But, you know, that's something to still mess around with and see how it comes out. No, yeah, I, I agree. The nine hundred dollars is is not insignificant. So, um, yeah, that that's probably the way to start. And then if you have the money, you can move up to Higby. Mm-hmm. Turny side, what you like? I'm sticking with OJ Howard here again. Fifty five hundred bucks, so still a nice price tag on him. And really, his volume has been good for the past month. Now he's eighth among all tight ends and targets over the past four weeks. Mike Evans obviously still out for this game on Sunday against Atlanta. Chris Godwin has been ruled out. So feel good about the volume for Howard, especially at this price tag. Still think he's a big time talent. And, you know, that that Bucks Falcons game definitely has shootout potential. Ride or die, like the way he came in, huh? Yep. Upside over owned rate for me at tight end this week in a tournament. So I'm not going to avoid Tyler Higby just because of his own rate here because he does have the upside that, I mean, few others at the position have. Hooper is in play here as well. I think Dallas Goddard's in play, but I don't know that he's going to make sense here right in between Higby and Austin Hooper. $400 more than Austin Hooper in salary on FanDuel. The one other guy I will consider is Jason Witten, who at $5,600 is a sneakier play, is cheaper if I need the salary savings. I mean, especially versus Higby, where he's $1,300 cheaper than Higby is. Six, five, and four catches over the three games before last week against Philly. Touchdowns in two of those three games. Witten did score against Washington in their first meeting in week two. Washington comes into this one as the number three scoring matchup for tight ends, according to our adjusted fantasy points allowed. And both starting safeties are out for Washington this week. So coverage only gets easier. And we have, you know, a still hurting Dak Prescott, even if he is in better shape than last week. It makes sense for him to look short for Jason Witten. And we've seen them try to throw short since the shoulder injury at the end of the first half against the Rams for Dak Prescott. Yeah, I, I want to say that Witten doesn't have the upside for tournaments, but I mean, if he scores a touchdown, he's going to finish the week as like a top 10 tight end, and that's good enough at that price tag. Yeah. Flex, what do you like? Um, yeah, so we've talked about Damon Williams as a, you know, I think really cash or tournament flex play. I think Carrion Johnson is worth considering for cash at that price tag. And on the wide receiver side, I think Sterling Shepard down at 6200 bucks for tournaments. Um, the Eagles have allowed the most fantasy points to outside wide receivers, and, and Shepard has been playing on the outside when Golden Tate is healthy. So it's a really strong matchup for Shepard, especially at that price. Yep, I like those. I'm going to start out trying to get as many of the $8,000 wide res- or running backs into my lineup as I can. Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara at 7,900 is just outside of that range. If I do, you know, need a little bit help fitting things in elsewhere, I think Joe Mixon, as I mentioned, is a nice cheaper option. If I didn't already have him in a running back spot, Jamison Crowder, Jason Witten have that uh, salary relief as well. Can help me get these $8,000 guys into the flex spot or be flex options if I'm trying to fit like Devontae Adams in. Christian McCaffrey is really not much of a consideration for me on FanDuel this week. More so on DraftKings where I get the full advantage of his receptions, but I just don't think there's the upside for him at 11000 bucks over the other guys that are in the 8K range at running back. 
No, I agree. I won't be considering McCaffrey on FanDuel um, you know, at, at the h- higher price tag than he is on DraftKings. And like you said, it's a half PPR and you don't get the um, 100 yard bonuses here on FanDuel. Right. On defense, who are you focusing on? I mean, I think it's got to be the Steelers, right? At 3500 bucks, they're they're priced as if Lamar Jackson and the Ravens starters are playing. We know they're not. It's going to be Robert Griffin. So I think Pittsburgh, who's been awesome in fantasy all season, is just way underpriced. Would you make the Steelers pick and then throw your drum set on the floor? Something something like that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The Steelers are the focus for me against the Robert Griffin Ravens. The only other one I'm probably looking at is the Jets at 3200 if that savings really matters against the resting Bills. I mean, it would already be an upside matchup anyway. I don't think they're going to see a whole lot of Josh Allen in this game. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of Devin Singletary. So it could be basically a low-ceiling Bills offense with turnover yeah. upside. Yep, I agree with you there. I, I do think the Steelers are going to be super popular, so I do think it makes more expensive defenses like the Chiefs at 4,300 against the Chargers, the Saints up at 47 against Will Greer and the Panthers, even the Patriots at 5,000 at home for Miami. I think those defenses are going to come in lower owned than they usually would because of the Steelers being so underpriced. So I think the, those you know more expensive defenses are in play for tournaments. Yeah, I agree with that and be worth a look. That's going to do it for this final FanDuel podcast of the 2019 NFL season. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. Check out our full Week 17 rankings, complete with FanDuel dollars per point projections, and mess around with the lineup builder tool. Check back Saturday morning. You can see who Jared and I are playing against each other in the final round of the shark duel and next week we will be back on the podcast talking some fantasy talking some playoff fantasy football in various formats you can also find us on twitter we are at draft sharks jared is at smola ds i am at shauf ds that's s-c-h-a-u-f for jared smola and the rest of the draft sharks crew i'm matt shauf saying thanks so much for swimming with us 